0: So the big question is this, how are ambitious people like us who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. Please like, share, and subscribe to get new episodes, videos, and other updates. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. Today's title of the interview is Being Resourceful, The Truth You Need. My name is Manu Jagarwal, and today I'm talking with entrepreneur Joy K. Madison, about the common myths and misconceptions about being resourceful that stop most entrepreneurs dead in their tracks, even before they get started. Welcome, Joy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are excited to hear uh, and learn a lot from you. So Joy is a serial entrepreneur, and and she has uh, graciously consented to this interview to share extensive knowledge and experience and dispel some common myths about um, being resourceful uh, that every entrepreneur uh, needs to learn about. All right, so let's get started. So Joy, uh, can you first tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, education, and experience? Sure. Um, So I'm
1: actually currently a third-year doctoral student working on my doctorate in clinical psychology with an emphasis in marriage and family therapy. Um, That is actually a bit of a career shift for me. Uh, Prior to this, I actually owned a fitness studio here in Los Angeles. Um, And I was in the health and fitness and sports industry pretty much my entire life. I had been coaching and training, and I was working as an athlete myself. And uh, so how I even came to psychology was that in the time that I owned my fitness studio, I was working with my clients and I would talk to them about their health and fitness goals. And what I would find is oftentimes it wasn't for lack of information that they weren't able to reach their goal. Mm -hmm. There was something happening in between sort of learning the information and being able to execute it.
2: Mm -hmm. And the
1: more I talked to people, the more I realized that a lot of their issues were emotional and psychological. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how I ended up in psychology but prior to that like i said i was working in health and fitness so my undergraduate degree is actually kinesiology and biomechanics
0: okay so
1: i'm sort of merging the two worlds of mind and body health and fitness and wellness um with all the information that i have i am currently doing my current uh work i guess you could say my business is called the club of Uh hearts and it's an online subscription-based service where i drop monthly workshops and we um, offer concrete and actionable steps that people can take to move closer to their goals and their their visions, whether it's in their businesses and their relationships, in their health and their finances. And that's my current that's my current project. But like I said, I used to own a fitness studio. I also do clarity coaching, so I have a lot of things going on. I'm also a mentor. I work with um, young girls between the age of 12 to 18 years old. So.
0: a lot lot going on. (laughs) That's great. So you are obviously very uh, resourceful. Um, Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Um, What are some of the most common myths that you come across when you meet entrepreneurs and, you know, um, how are they being resourceful or how they are ignoring the resources that they may already have?
1: Yeah, that's a big, big question. I talked about my fitness studio And one of the things that I talk about the most from that experience is that I had a whole fitness studio that I ran for four years. I never had a loan. I never used any credit cards. Um, I bought all my equipment and I built out that studio strictly cash out of pocket from my clients. And I think it's important to say that because a big piece of business that, that kind of people shy away from their dreams or they don't do it as big as they see it Mm -hmm. uh, because of money.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. And so that's a big resource. That's a huge resource when it comes to business and when when it comes to people thinking about starting a business. Yeah. So one of the first things that I want to say to people about money is that um, you don't need as much as you think. I remember... Talking to a woman years ago and she said to me, I remember I was planning an event and I was like, Oh, these are all the things that I need. And I started running down this itemized list and how much everything was gonna cost. And I did all this price checking online. Yeah. And she said to me, uh, don't worry about the how. Just yeah. think about the what.
2: Uh-huh. Right.
1: And what she meant by that is just think about what you need. Uh-huh. And then from there, you get to connect with people who have that as mm-hmm. opposed to thinking it's your sole responsibility to raise the money or whatever it is you need yeah, to buy yeah. the thing right and it was like oh and that was like a big light bulb for me and so over the years of running multiple businesses I've come up with what I call my four B's of of in terms of getting the resources you need
2: mm-hmm.
1: resources meaning tangible resources Right. And the first one I, I say is big, right? Ask. Ask people. You would be surprised how many people want to support you, see the value in what you're doing, yeah. just want to be able to say they donated to something. And oftentimes we go about it trying to get the money. And mm-hmm. it's better to ask for the things. So if you need supplies, if you need a venue, if you need help with your graphics, if you need whatever, just ask people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's the first thing that I tell people the next one I tell people is to borrow Mm. right and so sometimes you need a space or you need a camera or you need something and you don't need it long term you just need it one time or maybe for a short period of time so sometimes you can just borrow what you need and again there are so many people who would be willing to Allow you to do that, especially when you're clear about your vision and you can say to them, "This is what I'm doing. This is why it's important. Here's how you can support me." People are like, "Oh yeah, okay, clear. Let's good. Let's do it." Yeah. So beg, borrow. The next one is barter. Sometimes we forget how much value we have to offer. Yeah. Even when it's not necessarily directly in line with what you're doing, if you can offer someone someone something else. Yeah yeah. So for instance with me when I was working as a as a coach in fitness I still had the skills that I'm sharpening now
2: yeah. with
1: regards to psychology and coaching and the mental and emotional wellness and I would often barter that to get what I needed for my gym. Right? And so it was like okay, how can I support what you're doing? Yeah. And how can we sort of you scratch my back, I scratch yours, sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So
1: again, it's less about trying to figure out how I can pay you to do a thing. And it's yeah. more about saying, hey, I have something valuable to offer you as well. Can we trade? Yeah, yeah,
2: for
1: sure. Right? And then the last B of the four B's, then it's then you buy. But yeah. by the time you've gone through beg, borrow and barter. Yeah, and you yeah. get down to the things that you that you have left on your list, the amount of money that you need to buy those things is so much less than you originally thought.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Right? And so that's one of the things that I really talk to people, especially my young people that I mentor or entrepreneurs that I work with, mm-hmm. go through that list first. Mm-hmm. Get very clear about what you need. Be very clear about what you have to offer be very clear about who has what you need, whether it's a business that, you know, corporations have all kinds of in-kind donations and things that they have to get rid of for, you know, every year, for every fiscal year. There's uh, individuals who want to support you. There's organizations who, you know, they have venues and they're like, if, you know, if our constituents, if our members can attend your event for free, then you can use our venue. And it's like, who doesn't want to fill seats for their event? Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, if it means getting a free venue, of course your constituents can come for free, you know, or whatever that is. And so, when you can get through those, those the beg, borrow, and barter, you again that list of things you'll need to buy that you'll actually need money for, will be so much smaller, and in that, and in that instance, will become so much less um, intimidating, or so much less of a factor or a, or um, a burden to doing what it is you envision for yourself. When you see all those dollar signs, it starts to feel like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Borrow, sure. barter, then buy. Yeah.
0: So yeah. that's well said. So uh, a, a lot of these uh, misconceptions have been you know, uh, fed to us by big business or media. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, obviously there are all these resources available uh, and we should leverage them. now to help the, uh, help uh, the the audience a little bit can you name a few resources maybe websites or or you know similar resources that you have used in the past uh, to implement these uh, these uh, strategies you know what
1: i this is going to be a little bit unorthodox but i have used social media so much
2: uh-huh.
1: and the way that i have used it is that i will often if i have an idea or something I will often search hashtags and find businesses or organizations or individuals who do something that is in alignment with my vision and my values. And I'll just maybe follow and engage with them. Quick story I'll share with you specifically about this. Yeah. Last year, um, actually 2017 actually, I uh, was going to South Africa on vacation. Mm -hmm. right? But at this time I had just actually just closed the studio a couple of months before that and I was moving into my coaching business and looking to do workshops and connect with new people and build my brand in this new arena. I was going to South Africa on vacation. I thought, I wonder if there's an opportunity for me to begin to plant seeds internationally with Mm -hmm. the work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so I went on Instagram and I started searching businesses and organizations and things like that in the area where I would be, South Africa, Cape Town, and Johannesburg, like Johannesburg and Cape Town. And I found this, uh, it's like a collective, basically, of uh, creatives who do design and all kinds of things. And, And they were in Johannesburg, not far from where I would have been staying. So I started following this organization, I would engage with them on their page, and you know, just all of that. And then when it was a few months out from my trip, I. Sent them a message on Instagram and I just said, Hey, I'm going to be in South Africa. This is what I do. I love what you guys have going on. Here's the vision that I have for how we can collaborate. Please let me know if you're interested. I would love to hop on a call and, you know, see yeah. work out. And it actually ended up working out so that when I got there in November, I was able to do a small event with a couple of people, maybe like 25 people, where yeah. we just sort of talked about what was happening, in current events how to manage and cope when we're talking about emotional stressors and triggers, talking specifically with uh, fashion designers about how they can use their brand as their voice, because you know, people are wearing your clothes and that's a message. That's an opportunity to share something that's important to you, not necessarily in words or phrases, but even just in how you make your clothing, who you choose to work with and the design of your clothing, all of that matters. Mm -hmm. and so. And that's one way I used Instagram and I typically use Instagram, mostly Instagram, actually, sometimes Facebook and occasionally Twitter, probably the least amount Twitter, but that's really how, because again, I feel like we're just now in an age where this is the people, things, opportunities are so much more accessible to us.
2: Yeah.
1: And the traditional routes, though they have their place and are certainly still very relevant, aren't our only option mm-hmm. and part of the re- being resourceful is thinking outside of i don't like the phrase outside of the box but outside of what is typically sort of right apparently in front of you
2: yeah you
1: know and being able to say what matters, what is my voice, and how do I connect most readily and authentically with organizations businesses and individuals who are in alignment with that and when you do that that's how you begin to engage in a way that is productive when you're clear about what you're doing and you're clear about how or why or with whom you want to be doing that with
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah now so that that's uh, another great point now What about, uh, you know, sometimes we um, get caught up in our inhibitions or, uh, you know, the, the, the fear of getting rejected if we, if we beg or borrow, uh, how do we get over that? Or even, you know, even if we are not afraid of getting rejected, like, you know, it just feels sometimes feel dicky. you know, I I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want to go out there and put myself out there and ask for things. How do you get over that? I mean, Uh, you know you must have some advice over there certainly I certainly do my actually my signature
1: coaching program is called the f-word and it's all about how to approach manage and overcome your fears Mm -hmm. so in fear of rejection I have the what I call the four flavors of fears the fear of loss the fear of rejection the fear of failure and the fear of the unknown so Mm -hmm. fear of rejection is right in there and it's actually my flavor right Mm -hmm. it's the one that I like Uh, I don't like it but What I would say to you to answer your question is how do you get over it is to really step back. And I don't know if you're familiar with the four agreements, but Mm -hmm. to realize that it's not about you. Yeah. And so don't take it personal. The person, the organization, the business, the whoever, the potential customer or client, if they say no, they're not rejecting you, the person.
2: Mm -mm.
1: It's just about understanding that whatever it is you're offering selling wanting to do build create may not be in alignment with where they are today and that's really okay so the first thing is don't take it personal the second thing is when you can become comfortable with enforcing your personal boundaries Mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit easier to respect and honor someone else's. Yeah. yeah. Well, part of not wanting to hear no is feeling uncomfortable with saying no. But yeah. so until you are able to say, you know what? This doesn't fit with me. This doesn't work with me. This, And it's not personal. I'm just clear about who I am and what I'm doing. And this doesn't fit right now. And that's just that's OK. It doesn't mean anything is wrong or bad. It just means this isn't a good fit mm-hmm. and you won't be a good fit. Your business, your idea, your product, your service, it will not be for everyone, which is the importance of and one of the first steps of your business, figuring out who your audience is. Yeah. If your audience is everybody, you might want to do a little bit of like, you know, getting clear. And even if what you're offering can work for everybody, the way in which you market it and position yourself needs to be specific to someone, at least first. Mm -hmm. and it'll grow and it'll do those things and everyone will it'll be fine but originally and initially you need to have an idea about who that person is first and then target them and again it goes back to what I was saying about the the Instagram thing I went to them and I saw them and I said you know what it feels appropriate to reach out to them via Instagram because of their presence because Mm -hmm. of the nature of their business and the creative Aspect of it, and it's very much about social and connection and yeah. co working. So that felt appropriate. I wouldn't have reached out to a bigger, larger corporation, perhaps, in that way, because it's just a different brand. Sure, sure. So, all of that, all that understanding of who you are and what's in alignment with your values and your vision, that goes into how you're going to approach all of these things. So, the fear pieces don't take it personal and then get comfortable, get real comfortable and clear about your own boundaries. So that when you say no, you understand that it's not personal. So that when someone else says it, you don't take it personal.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Well said. All right. So now uh, let's move on to uh, any other myths or misconceptions that uh, entrepreneurs have in uh, yeah. uh, regards to using their existing resources. So mm-hmm. can you can you tell us a little bit more there? Another big one that
1: I hear from people is time. Okay. People feel like they don't have enough time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um it's just not true. It's just it's just not it's just not true.
2: Yeah. You have
1: heard, Manooch, all the things that I'm telling you that I'm doing, and that's like not even. That's mm-hmm. not even that's like scrap. That's like the big stuff that's worth mentioning. I mean of course I have a bunch of other things going on, and then of course everything that goes into maintaining all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I often get asked the question, how do you do all of these things? Mm -hmm. And the answer is that I have become a master of my time. Yeah. Straight up, a master of my time. I actually, I'll give you a couple of sort of practical tips for how I use, how I master my time. The first thing is, I make a list. Every night, sometimes every two to three days, depending on how far I can project into the future, sort of what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But I make a list every night or every two to three days of what needs to be done. And then when I I don't just make a list, right? Because sometimes we'll make a to-do list and we just want to cross off the thing. Yeah. Once I make the list, I actually have a whole notebook dedicated to this. I then give myself time limits for each item. Mm-hmm. So if I know I need to respond to emails, I will put on the list emails from eight to eight thirty. Uh-huh. And if I know that I have client or whatever I have going on, I gotta do. You know, I'm like I said, I'm a student. So if I gotta write a paper, like I'm putting all of those things in, and I'm not just making a list. I'm giving myself a set amount of time that I'm going to be committed to this. And the reason why that works is two things. The first is whatever amount of time you allow for a thing is the amount of time you're going you're going to take to do that thing. Does
2: that make sense?
1: And that's that's sort of the, that's the thing with procrastination. People are like, I I know I wait till the last minute. It's like, if you have two weeks, you're likely going to take that two weeks yourself at the last minute doing everything. But if you only have one day, you're going to do what you have to do to finish whatever task it is in that one day. Yeah. Right. And so when I give myself 30 minutes to do those emails, and I know I need to do these emails and I only have 30 minutes, I am busting my butt to finish those emails, which means I am focused. I am not letting myself be distracted by other things because I know I have 30 minutes to do this thing. And that is it and that is all. Yeah, Yeah. So giving myself a set amount of time helps me to stay dedicated and focused on that thing only. Which, you know, in this world with phones pinging and things going on, it's easy to get distracted and try to multitask, which is the biggest myth. You cannot. Yeah. You yeah. cannot. You need to do one thing. And so that's the, that's the first thing that I would say is that I make my to-do list and I, I give myself a specific allotted amount of time. And I factor in. The second thing I want to say is that I factor in everything. hmm I factor in social media breaks. I factor in bathroom breaks. I factor in personal time for meditation or workout. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff gets scheduled as an appointment on my calendar, all of it. Every single bit of it. Because again, when you wanna master your time, you can't afford to leave things out and then expect that you're gonna have time to do them. So I'm big on language. And people always say, I don't have time. I said, no it's not about having time it's about making time because we all have time we all have the same 24 hours Yeah, yeah it's about what you make time
0: for that's right yeah cut out Netflix. netflix cut out facebook and you know those those things are really time consuming right they are or
1: and that's and that's the thing about it and see that's i think that's another thing like the fear is that My life is going to be boring. I have to give up all the things that I love. Because that used to come up a lot with my clients when I was doing fitness. They thought being healthy meant giving up everything they love.
2: Mm -hmm. Right?
1: So we feel like being productive means I can't do anything fun because if I'm not always working, that means I'm wasting my time or being irresponsible. It's not true. But it is you need to be clear about how much time you You want to give to those Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. So that when you do watch Netflix, you don't feel guilty about it. And yeah. you can't even enjoy the show. And it's like, you never even did it, right? Yeah. Because you've been guilty. You've been moaning and groaning. I should be doing this. I know I shouldn't be watching it. I'm like, Just watch the show and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Just watch it, enjoy it, finish it, and then get back to whatever it is you need to be doing. So another part, in addition to breaking my days down, I, in terms of time blocks, the other way that I do it, which may be helpful for someone else who maybe doesn't do well with the time box
2: mm-hmm.
1: is with percentages. So I'll say what percentage of my day do I want to dedicate to my health?
2: Mm-hmm. What
1: percentage of my day do I want to dedicate to building my business? Mm-hmm. What percentage of my day do I want to dedicate to connecting with people that matter to me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, or what Or so maybe it's not my day. Maybe it's my month. Maybe it's my week. Maybe it's mm-hmm. whatever it looks like. But when you're clear about that, you can say, you know what? If I have 24 hours, 10% of that is 2.4 hours. So let's say like two and a half hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a pretty big chunk. But if I say 10% of my day is dedicated to my health and I have two and a half hours, one hour of that may be a workout, 30 minutes of that may be meditation, Another part of that may be going to therapy, whatever it looks like. And now I've just taken 10% of my day and used it productively to to focus on my health. Yeah,
2: yeah. And when I
1: look at that, I can feel like, okay, that's in alignment with my values. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And again, it takes away the guilt and whatever else. And But you, you get to be much more clear and intentional about how you are investing your time. Right? Yeah. Yeah, And the last point I want to give with the time piece that is really helpful for me is that when I'm doing my time, when I'm doing the 30 minutes for the email, one hour for the workout, 30 minutes for the meditation, you know, 45 minutes to connect with my friend I haven't spoken to or whatever, when I'm doing that, I will literally set a timer. Like I will grab my phone, I will grab my phone, turn on the timer, and go, okay, 45 minutes, go. Awesome. And when that timer goes off, I'm on to the next task, whether or not I finished what I was supposed to do. And if I didn't, it just rolls over to the next day.
2: Yeah, but yeah.
1: that rarely happens because I have given myself that time to focus on that thing. And I have not allowed anything else to be more important than that for the time that I allotted for that thing.
0: That's great. That's great. And
2: that is so helpful.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So we we talked about saving money. Uh, by following your uh, 4Bs uh, framework. And we talked about managing time, time and money saved. So now let's talk about how can we maximize the impact of all this um, as we are putting our resources to use? Mm -hmm. Maximizing all of this. I mentioned it briefly
1: about connecting with people. That would be sort of my last, if I had to, sum it all up, resource, is your relationships,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so, of course, that goes back to who you can beg, borrow, or barter with. But also, when you talk about time, who you're spending your time or investing your time
2: mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, that becomes huge because that's how everything ties together. Who oh, you know. And what they know is going to help you build your vision. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And so it's not about using people like, oh, what can you do for me? But it is about recognizing their gifts Mm -hmm. and putting the gifts to you. And there are people around you who have skills that, again, want to invest in your vision and when you can tie those people together and get clear in your mind about how they can support you. Yeah. yeah, And then you beg, borrow, barter with them about it. That goes back to how you're saving time and money.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Because if we're talking about not having enough time, because I don't have all the time to do all the things, mm-hmm. but I'm clear about who can do the things I need to get done, who I'm close to. So that it still gets done, even if I'm not the one doing it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So it goes. So when you're talking about time and money, the third piece to that puzzle is your relationship, your relationship and realizing that you don't have to know it all and you don't have to do it all. So when you're connected to people who have skills, talents, gifts, resources and whatever else, that is when all the other stuff begins to come together. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So but that requires you to gear, to to release your fear of having control,
2: yeah. right?
1: Because asking people for help is also about giving up control, right? And letting them do whatever it is you need them to do so that you are not the one responsible for it. Mm-hmm. That also includes giving up the narrative that if I ask for help that means I'm weak or that means I'm a burden. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: means I'm some, somehow in, incompetent or inadequate. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So that requires giving up that narrative. Um, and again, it just, the, the, the thread for all of this is your clarity. Yeah, You need to be 100% clear, not certain, not certain, two very different concepts. Yeah, because yeah. things come up, you can't ever know, you know, whatever, but you need to be clear about your intention all the time. Yeah. When you go to ask, when you go to sit down and set your timer to give yourself an amount of time for whatever you're going to do, whenever you're going to go connect with someone, you need to be clear about your intentions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is what ties, like your relationships is what ties all of this together. Whether it's somebody you hire or somebody you know, or somebody who's pumping you up in the background giving you cheerily whatever mm-hmm. that's what ties it all together is your relationship so you need to be very very intentional about who you're choosing to surround yourself with and invest your time in
0: cool that's awesome now you you mentioned uh you know you obviously mentioned mindset and uh, clarity and you also mm-hmm. mentioned uh meditation so uh can you uh, spend a few minutes on that you know getting your mindset right and being in a positive state of mind to be able to carry out all these all these activities um with with the uh, you know the full potential that you have yeah um so meditation is i
1: meditate at least once a day often twice a day and um first thing in the morning, and then usually at some point in the middle of the day, just to sort of reset myself before I hit the evening shift, if, if that's what the day requires. And a common misconception, if we're talking about myths and misconceptions, about meditation is thats is that it is about clearing your thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I like to tell people, and I know there's d- several different types of meditations and all that, and I don't at all claim to be an expert, but What has helped me be consistent in my practice is the understanding that it's not about clearing my thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's about redirecting my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's about choosing my intention. So typically what meditation looks like for me is I think of a single word. Mm -hmm. And for me, that word sort of becomes like my mantra for that meditation Mm -hmm. and Whenever my thoughts want to drift off to whatever bill I need to pay or whatever task I need to do or whatever thing is coming up next week or whatever thing happened yesterday, whenever my thoughts want to go there during meditation, I'm sure anybody who's ever tried to meditate has had the experience of as soon as you sit down and get quiet, your mind goes goes haywire, right? Yeah. I choose that one word. And I'll just acknowledge the thought, and I'll say, "Yes, that needs to happen, but right now I'm focused on, and whatever my intention for the day is or that moment is,
2: uh-huh.
1: yes, I need to do that thing over there, but right now I am choose to focus I'm choosing to focus on and whatever that is, and I just keep bringing myself back to that, and I keep bringing myself back to that, and I keep and it sort of becomes a practice of what I've been saying this whole time, which is clarity of intention and uh, organization with your approach, right? And that, that when I'm doing that in my meditation, it's a practice of that skill, of acknowledging what's going on, but then not letting it distract me from what my intention is. And I keep doing that. And that, in that time, what ultimately will happen for me is after a while doing that, you kind of fall into a rhythm and you begin to hear more clearly what your intention is. Because for me, what happens is, okay, so say my word. So to, to Today, my my word actually was freedom. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's important to me. But right now, I'm focused on freedom. And then what starts to happen is automatically I start to say to myself, okay, but well, what is freedom? What does freedom mean to me? What does mm-hmm. freedom look like to me? And then my thoughts start to become consumed with creating freedom in my mind. And then the more clear I become about what it looks like, what it feels like, what freedom is for me. Now, 10, 15 minutes in, I'm now spending the rest of my meditation time creating what freedom is and focused on that. And then I typically finish with this thought or this idea that I am now going to choose to for the rest of my day, look for and be open to all of the opportunities that are before me to create this freedom. Cool. And that's how I then move about my day and things that would have just been mundane, whatever going on. Now they click in my mind as, Oh wait, this is an opportunity. This is, and this again goes back to the South Africa story I shared. I'm going to South Africa. I'm starting this new business. This could be an opportunity for me to grow my audience internationally. Huh?
0: cool
2: right yeah and yeah. it rolls
0: yeah for sure yeah yeah i just wanted to make sure that we we touch upon that topic because i think mm. uh, your mental state of mind is very important for doing anything um huge. that requires this much effort huge
2: huge
0: yeah. huge, huge
1: huge i recommend that people meditate daily at least i do 30 minutes at a time and like i said once a day minimally sometimes twice a day I highly recommend people start a meditation practice. Understanding that 30 minutes may be challenging for some people. Start where you are, three minutes, Mm -hmm. one minute. Just start there. Focus on your breath, or maybe even if you like ambient sounds or a mantra, if you choose a word, whatever makes sense to you. But get in the practice of being quiet and hearing from yourself, Mm -hmm. your highest self. Get in the practice of that because whatever you're doing, whatever you're offering, whatever product, service, whatever it is, it's going to require you to be very, very convicted about its purpose and its relevance and its value. And that only comes from you being clear about who you are and what you have to offer. Yeah, for sure. You have sure. to take time to be quiet to know that, and to get clear about that, and to be confident in that. It just—it's just
0: required. It's necessary. Yes. Awesome. That's great. All right. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with uh, with the audience about being resourceful and uh, growing their businesses and uh, mm. you know, starting on their entrepreneurial journeys? But of course, of course. Um, But I would say, I think that
1: sort of the overall thing is what I would like to say to anyone in general is to set boundaries, but not limits. Uh And what I mean by that is, again, be clear about what you will and will not do. Um, But don't put limits on what it looks like to do those things, to create what you want, to have what you see for yourself to do what you desire to do in the world don't put restrictions on what it may look like and how those opportunities may come to you because you never know but do be clear about what you won't do because as opportunities come your way every door that opens is not meant for you to walk through it (laughs) so it's important that Again, your values and your vision are at the center of your choices along the way, whatever you're building, creating, or doing in the world. And so you have boundaries, but you don't have limits. And that's going to take you far, take you high, and allow you to be comfortable wherever you go because you know that you haven't betrayed yourself
0: to get there. Cool that That's, what I'll, I'll that's great. all right great thank you so much for um, an interview and uh, sharing all your wisdom and knowledge and experience with us i'm sure everyone in the audience uh, got a lot of value out of it uh, now yeah, before i going. let you go, yeah um, before i let you go can you tell us a little bit about your company your services that you provide and how you work with others yeah so again my most recent project is called the
1: club of hearts it's a subscription-based online marketplace for personal and professional development we release new content every month around health relationships career business and mindset of course uh-huh. and it's facilitated by thought leaders creators um, entrepreneurs educators professionals all kinds of people from a range of different industries And this series actually that just started this month, every every three months we do a new series. This month we're starting the mental health series. So I just dropped the April workshop, which is called Therapy, What You Should Know Before You Go. Mm -hmm. And it's all about uh, the different types of therapy, questions you should ask your therapist, your potential therapist, questions you should ask yourself about how to align with the right therapist, if that's something you're considering. It's all available online. I'm actually hosting it on Patreon, if you guys are familiar with that platform, but it's patreon.com slash club of hearts. There are three different tiers. In addition to the online virtual workshops, you also have the option to get some one-on-one or group coaching. I also just wrapped up the Money Mindset Makeover, which was a four-part series on reworking your mind around money, which is similar to what I talked about today, but it really goes deep into our relationship with money and the ideas that we have about money and where they came from and how to dismantle them and build new ones. So all of that is available on the platform. Um, And again, it's patreon.com slash club of hearts. You can join there and connect with me there. I would love to serve and support you with all the workshops that we drop every month.
0: That's awesome. All right, great. Thank you so much, Joy, for joining us. And I'm sure everyone in the audience loved you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. So again, I'm Manu Jagarwal and thanks a lot for joining us on Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. And now, if you are an existing or an aspiring technology entrepreneur, then I invite you to check out my new online workshop, Bootstrapping Your Tech Startup Dreams. Go to go.tetranodle.com slash boot podcast and sign up for free. I want to make sure more successful and sound decisions are made every day in your tech projects. Let's start finding solutions to your problems. So go to go.tetranoodle.com slash boot hyphen podcast, and I look forward to helping you with your tech startup.